Welcome to Light in the Dark Podcast. I am your host, Lady B. Before we get into today's episode, I want to stress the words trigger warning. Topics discussed today may be triggering to some. You have been warned. Also, neither I nor the guest are licensed therapists, psychologists, counselors, etc. If you need a therapist, etc., then please seek a therapist, etc. There is no shame in getting your mental health together. Let me repeat that for the people in the back who did not hear. There is no shame in getting your mental health together. This podcast is about sharing our truths in a positive, safe, judgment-free environment. Now on that note, let's start the show. All right, so welcome back to part two of my conversation with Iyama, and we will continue to discuss church hurt. Oh, so I was trying to think of a time where I experienced church hurt, and like there's not a lot of things that actually come to mind. Like there is this one time I um, asked a minister to read something that I had wrote. And mind you, it was, you know, what I wrote was like very short, um, but I wanted this minister's opinion about it, you know, and like, okay, so, you know, do I need to add this, take away that, change this, you know, just, just like a proofread. And mind you, it probably would have taken, you know, 30 minutes or less. Well, why did it take like two to three weeks before I actually got feedback from that? And even within those two to three weeks, I had to continue to remind this person like, hey, you know, like if you can get this done for me, then I can move on to like the next step. So I don't know if that's really considered church hurt, but hey, it involved the church to a degree and I was hurt. (laughs) So yes, we're going to say that that was church hurt. But um, ever since then, I looked at that person um, a bit differently. Um, and maybe I shouldn't have, but I mean, it is what it is. I looked at that person a bit differently. And even to this day, I don't really communicate with that person um, like I used to, because there were some other things that came out about that person or some other things that I noticed myself when it came to that person. And so that relationship, I guess you can say in a way, like fizzled out. Um, but yeah, that that hurt. And then I got to thinking about, you know, just ministers and preachers and pastors and clergy and just in general and how we tend to put them on pedestals that they don't deserve to be on. Um, in some ways, we move Jesus out the way and put, you know, the preacher or the pastor on a pedestal in place of Jesus. And I say we, because I was one of those people who did that for like the longest time I did that. And then, you know, whenever they make a mistake or whenever they do something that, you know, I felt like they should not have done, then it's like, you know, oh, well, you know, like you did this, you did that. And it wasn't their fault that I put them on the pedestal. It was my fault because I shouldn't have put them there to begin with. And so once they do something that I felt like they should not have done, then I'm looking at them sideways. But then, you know, after some years, I had to be like, oh, this person is human just like I am. Just because they have a title doesn't really mean anything because they're still human. You know, they they still do things that, you know, I can't just say regular people, but, (laughs) you know, they still do things that other people do. And I think that's where grace comes in at, 
And, you know, God had to show me like, hey, you know, like I've shown you grace and mercy, then you need to show this person grace. You know, they're human just like you are. They make mistakes just like you do. You know, and then I I look at people differently now. And so when it comes to preachers and pastors and so on and so forth, I look at them differently now because now it's like instead of me just taking their word for what the word says, you know, you should actually go read it for yourself instead of me. Oh, I guess in a way, you know, putting them on the pedestal was idolizing them. I didn't realize that until like right now. Oh, wow. Okay. So that sucks. Anyway. Um, yeah. Oh my God. You know what? This is turned into a therapy session and I'm not trying to have a therapy session. I have a therapy session tomorrow. <laughs> it can be like that sometimes. And I totally get it. I thought about that too, before when you mentioned, when you were talking about putting pastors on pedestals, I, I did think about that when you said that, I'm like, I think that's like a form of idolatry, which is like a sin, like, you know, putting them like you said over god like that's most definitely sin i have i personally done that i i don't want to say i've personally you know idolized pastors or put them above all else but i feel like i've done it by association because i have grown up watching my mom and my grandma do that when we're in church so maybe by association i could have potentially but consciously I don't think I have, but then again, you never know. I um was not going to go here, but who Jesus? Okay. This might make it in, it might not. I don't know. But anyway. Oh, um, yeah, I wasn't gonna go here, but here I am. So one of my ex-husbands was a minister, and I know that I put him on a pedestal. I realized that I had put him on a pedestal and I had put him in the place of God. And when he did what he did, you know, me and God had like this long conversation um, and I was frustrated. And instead of me being frustrated with my then husband, I was frustrated with God because I was like, wow, so you allowed this to happen. And it took me a while to not be frustrated with God. It took me a while to be frustrated with the then husband because it was like, wait, so he made a choice to do what he did. But, you know, ultimately I realized that I had put him in a place in my life that he should not have been in. So instead of me listening to God, I was listening to my then husband. And so it's like, you know, he, he's human, you know, he did what he did, um, And I took it out on God because I was like, wow, God, so you knew that this was going to happen and you allowed me to get with this man anyway. Um, And I felt like God didn't protect me. But ultimately, you know, I realized that I had stopped listening to God a long time ago and I had replaced God with this man. And I was listening to this man and whatever this man said, you know, nine times out of 10, I agreed with it. And then, you know, God had to show me like, hey, you know you replaced me with him. That's on you. And so once I realized that, and then I was like, okay, God, you know, like I repented and everything. And then it was like, you know, God was showing me who this man really was, you know, like a person can only pretend to be someone for so long before the real them is revealed. And it was like, wow. So, so this is who that person was, you know, I fell in love with who he was pretending to be. But once I saw the real him, then it was like, oh, no, that's that is not what's up. like I, I can't do this anymore. Um, and then 
you know, once I took him off of that pedestal and I put God back where God was supposed to be at, then things started to slowly but surely change. And I remember, you know, asking God, like, why, why did you allow to happen what happened? And, you know, the response I got was to bring you out. And, you know, me being me, I'm like, you know, bring me out of what? You know, like, and, you know, I didn't receive an answer at that time. But like over time, I've noticed that the answer has been like so many different things because I was in a shell. And it was like, you know, to bring you out of that, to bring you out of your comfort zone, to bring you out of his shadow. It was just to, to bring me out of like so many different things. And now it's like so many doors have just been opened up since I put God back where God was supposed to be. Like I'm, I'm more talkative now. I'm in therapy. I'm doing a podcast, you know, the, the clothing thing. I have one more thing that I'm trying to do. Um, there's the book. There's like so many different things. And it's like, yeah, you know, to bring you out of someone else's shadow, you know, from, you know, trauma to healing, you know, we, we shine in light in dark places. And it was like, yo, like you really was in a dark place back then. But yeah, I, I put that man on the pedestal and it was like, like, no, you know, like that was your choice. And the thing about God is like, even though I did that, God was still there and God was still waiting. He was like, you know, I, I know what you did. I know you're going to come back. You know, apparently this is something that you just got to go through so you can learn something from it. But I'm still here. And now, you know, God, I didn't think I was going there either. But hey, since I'm on that road, <laughs> this has nothing to do with church. It seems like, oh, uh, this seems like a confession. Oh, <laughs> bro, I'm not even going to go there with that song. Anyway, um, man, I remember what, like a year and something ago, almost a year and a half ago, when I tried to commit suicide and I was like oh I can't live without this man I don't know what I'm gonna do I don't want to live without him so on and so forth bro like I was so messed up mentally and emotionally and then God was like okay but it's not time you know like it's not time for you to go you know I'm not calling you home it's not time you still have work to do and you know like I thank God that I'm still here and me and you know the ex-husband are no longer together um the relationship went from good to bad but I thank God that you know it's over and done with and you know like I'm still here how did we go from church hurt to like toxic stuff (laughs) it honestly it's closely related and I am super duper thankful that you're still here too I'm you know the book the book that is your life, I know you still have a bunch of chapters to write and I want to be a witness to reading them all. So I'm, I'm thankful that you're still here too. And I, and you know, I know the correlation, it doesn't seem like there is one, but church heart and toxic relationships and, you know, putting people on pedestals, it's all really, really closely, more closely related than we think. And I would definitely love to do like a deep dive on that aspect because I again I feel like this is another topic that is not discussed frequently enough we don't have an outlet where we can express these grievances and these circumstances because 
in our church community, you know, we say that it's not prevalent, it's uncommon, but it, it really is more common. And my whole grievance with, you know, the church community is that we just really tend to sweep things under the rug, things that like very much need to be talked about and discussed. We sweep it under the rug and we get up, we stand up and we sing our, you know, our hymnals and we take out our Bibles and we read and we close out in prayer and we do our communion, but we don't acknowledge anything else. And I feel like that's why there's so much disparity in the church community and why church hurt is so prevalent in these more recent years. It's always been a prevalent matter, but in these more recent years, it's just, it just seems like it's getting really, really to a point where it's like everywhere you look, like you can't go to your church down the street without risking, okay, what kind of church is this going to be? Like, I, I genuinely have that anxiety. I'm like, I go to, I'm afraid to go to my local churches because it's like, I've been to like 10 churches since I flew back and each and every church I've been to, there's been some kind of discrepancy with the community and with the word. And I'm just, I just want to protect my peace. I want to protect my faith and everything. And I feel like I'm jeopardizing it going out, going outside at these, these mainstream churches. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. It's crazy. I remember being like a couple of years ago because yeah so like a couple of years ago you know when he and I were together but not together um I remember that in some ways we were faking it and no one knew and if they did know they didn't say anything but you know we used to go to church like together the same car and then it got to the point where we was just going in separate cars and you know, on the inside, it's like, you know, you're hurt, you're just full of broken pieces. But on the outside, you know, you still dressed up, you still clapping, you still reading the scriptures, you know, you still doing those things that you're supposed to be doing, because you know, that people are watching. And when people ask you how you're doing, it's like, oh, okay, I'm fine. You know, and that's what we tend to do. And it's like, on the inside, you're just broke. Like you're, you're just full of broken uh pieces and it's like you don't feel comfortable talking to anyone and that's sad because it seems like in church you should have that 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 fellowship you know it should feel like a community and you should be able to feel like you can talk to I'm not going to say anyone but you should be able to feel like you can talk to someone and not feel like they're going to judge you for whatever may be going on with you I remember having a conversation with one of the ministers and I was like you know he um he puts on one way but that's not the way that he really is and you know the minister was like yeah we know and that in my mind the moment I heard yeah we know it was like wait are you serious like y'all know but didn't nobody tell me you know it's like y'all know that this person is out here perpetrating and I didn't know how much he was perpetrating but it's like y'all know that this person is out here perpetrating and yet y'all are continuing to not say nothing to him about it and it's like wow okay you know so then there's a little bit more distrust that came along with me because it's like okay so you know this but you're not saying anything to him like I can say something to him and it's going to go in one ear and out the other because it's me saying it but if it's someone else who says it then to me it felt like it it held more weight 
which is kind of sort of stupid because it's like if your wife says something to you, it should hold more weight than someone outside of the relationship. But that's a whole nother topic, child. Uh, <laughs> that is a whole nother topic. I may have to do a topic about that one day, but that is a whole nother topic. But yeah, but like, it seems like being in the church, we should be able to have this this community in the church and sometimes it doesn't feel that way and that's sad we should be able to feel like we can talk to someone in the church and and not have our business you know be out in the church you know five seconds after we're done talking you know um but but it's not always that way sometimes you know you in church and you feel like you can't really talk to anybody in church because there are a whole lot of judgmental people in church. So like, where's that, that safety at? Because if you're not safe in church, then where are you safe at? That is true. I agree. Um, This is why I don't leave my house sometimes. Like I have my devotional time with my pastor. He has a live stream and I watch it. I make my breakfast. You know, my boyfriend and I sit down and watch and that that's been enough for me these past few years. And I've been trying to like wrap my head around that because I like you said, I always wanted to have like a church community where I could go and sit down and, you know, have that sense of community. But you really can't nowadays. And it, it's, it's really unfortunate. Like and like you said, the church, how the church is presented, you know, and in, in the Christian religion is that's supposed to be like our safe haven, you know, that's where else we're supposed to go when nothing else makes sense. And it's like, we don't even have that. We don't even have that ground to stand on. So where do we stand? You know, it, that makes things so much more difficult. And, you know, a lot of the times with these pastors, they, like you said, they do get put on a pedestal and a lot of their bad behavior goes unchecked or, you know, they receive a pass, whereas we wouldn't. You know, and at the end of the day, they are so human like we do. They still have to close their eyes and go to sleep like we do. Like, they're no different than us. So that's, like, a great topic to cover on, you know, to discuss those issues within the community because it creates a lot of disparities. And like you said, when it comes to privacy and, you know, all these other aspects, it's really difficult Um, to have that safety Uh, I've actually experienced that directly with my mom um, because I would tell her things in confidence and she would immediately go and tell my grandma and all these other family members and you know like your parents are supposed in essence are supposed to be like your safe space similar to how you know the church is supposed to be like our church community your parents are supposed to be your safe space well you know what do you do when not only do you not have a church to go to and feel safe but what if you don't have parents you can go to and feel safe either then it's like where do you really stand you know so that's like another thing another aspect within the christian community that i feel like definitely needs to be addressed you know like as you were talking i was thinking that church is supposed to be church is almost like the hospital you know like the the people who go to church you know of course, we all have something wrong with us and we're all seeking Jesus. So we go to church, right? So the church is like the hospital. The, the church is where people go to get well. But I got to thinking and I was like, well, how many people are dying in the church? So many people 
You go to church to get well, but they're dying in the church. Their spirits are dying in the church. They're not getting fed in the church. And they continue to go to the same church because they mama went, they grandma went, they great grandma went. And they're not getting spiritually fed in this church. They're just going because, hey, this is what my family has always done. You know, this is what we do. We've we've done this for generations, you know, and, and this pastor baptized, you know, my mom and my grandma, you know, and he gonna baptize me too. And so many people are dying spiritually in the church and will not leave the church because they have been going to that church for so many years or they don't want to start over in a new church or they know how things are ran in this church and they're comfortable in this church and yet you're dying in this church like this this minister is not feeding you spiritually the spirit is not in this church and yet people stay and I'm like why you're slowly dying and you don't want to do anything about it because you're comfortable here and that makes no sense to me at all I agree. I really do. Like, that's a really good topic. Again, like something I really feel like we need to actually have a deep dive into, like as a joint collective, because that's something that's very prevalent. I've had friends of mine speak on that, on, you know, not being spiritually fed, spiritually nourished. And that's why, like when I was in California, before I found the pastor I have now, who I love, when I was church hunting in California, before I found him, I was not feeling spiritually fed. Like I would go into churches and I felt drained. Like I would sit there and listen to the sermon and I I would feel so drained, so unfulfilled, unhappy. And that that's like something we don't talk about enough. And it's like, I can't just stay here. I had a friend of mine that I didn't talk to anymore that we had found a church. And I guess she was just, she was just over looking for churches. And she said, you know, I'm just going to go to this one. It's by my, you know, it's by my apartment. And I said, okay. And I kept looking and I kept searching and I kept driving farther and farther away from the city we were in and I found him and I did not regret my decision. It, you know, it's worth the 30 minute drive. So it's just like, like you said, you know, she was perfectly okay with being at this church because it was close to campus that she's like sacrificing her spiritual nourishment for complacency, like you mentioned. And that really broke my heart because it's not, it's not worth it. At some point you have to stand up and realize, okay, my mind, body, and spirit is more important than in this example that I'm using distance from my college apartment. There, you know, there has to be some kind of priority where you prioritize yourself and ensuring that your inner satisfactions are being met as well as your spiritual satisfactions and being in the church and being nourished and being happy and feeling fulfilled and not drained by wherever church you're going to. You should be excited to go to church and take out your Bible and pray and sing hymnals. I know she wasn't feeling that way where she was at because she she was settling, basically. Mm. And you should never settle when it comes to God and finding your community. You should never settle. And I, I tried to explain that to her. I really did. But she was like, you know, like, this is, this is what works for me. And this is close by. And, you know, it's okay. And I was like, well, you know, I have to let people make their own decisions. But, you know, I kept going. I continued to make the drive out to my pastor's church. And I do not regret my decision to this day because it's like the fact that I still listen to him <laughs> this day, you know, is insane. Like, I, I was not expecting his church to have such an impact on me the way it did. And I, I'm so happy. I, I feel so fulfilled 
that I stuck it out and I continued a church hunt and I committed to finding a church because I was really, really proud of myself. I still listen to his sermons now and I have not found any anything to match the energy and all the knowledge he had. I'm glad though that like you were able to find that and like you were being spiritually fed. And unfortunately, your friend just settled and there's really nothing that you can do about it. It's sad, but like that's what so many people do. So many people settle um, and they're comfortable and eventually you have to get out of being comfortable oh my god okay so this is going in places I didn't think it was going but anyway yeah settling that's that's a whole different conversation (laughs) a whole different conversation we must be comfortable with being uncomfortable is what my mentor so that's the way that she presented to me because I was mentioning to her about like different job opportunities and not being sure what my future would look like doing this job or that job. And she said, you know, be uncomfortable. Oh, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I had, I was like, what, what do you mean be comfortable being uncomfortable? Like, no, I don't like being uncomfortable. I want to be comfortable. <laughs> and she said, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I sat and I thought it, I thought it over and I was like, okay, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Okay. And when I realized when I said it to myself and I sat down and I let those words marinate in my head, I was like, okay, she means don't be afraid to take that next step in your life. Even if you're not sure where it's going to go, be comfortable and be settled in the fact that God has your back and he yeah. will never leave or forsake you. And a long time ago, I would not be where I am today. Had I not those two footprints not become one, had not, those two footprints not become one, I don't know where I would be today. I don't know what I'd be doing with my life. So being comfortable, being uncomfortable makes so much sense in every aspect, just like with, with finding a church in this example, this present example, you have to be comfortable in being uncomfortable by going to different churches in hopes that one day you will find that church that you're comfortable and happy at. You just have to sit, you know, sit out the process and wait that process out and, you know, trial and error. And, you know, that's something that I really, really think it's crucial in order to manage in a world like this one. I like the sound of be comfortable with being uncomfortable. I may have to use that one day. <laughs> Copyright um, Yonla. But that, that <laughs> does make sense though. Because once you get comfortable in something, you become complacent, you become stagnant and you don't move and life just passes you by. But it's getting that time though. We're about to end this one here too. This has been another episode of Light in the Dark Podcast. I am your host, Lady B. And on today's episode, we had Iyama. So until next time. Bye, guys. Peace.